Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. I'm back. I'm healthy. Jason, thank you for taking the bye week recap slash preview slash taking a look at the AFC South standings as it's becoming a two-team race now as we head into the second half of the season. We still have 10 games left, so it's a longer second half than first half, kind of early bye for the Colts, but it came at a good time because we had a bunch of injuries, some big name injuries, Darius Leonard when you look down the line, so we get those guys back hopefully as soon as possible. The Colts are expected to have Darius Leonard back on Sunday. He was full of practice yesterday on Thursday, full of practice today on Friday. So he's expected to play, which is huge for this Colts defense. And then Teray, after his year-long recovery and rehab, he's back at practice, which is great to see. We won't see him back on the field for another couple weeks, but he's back at practice as well as... Michael Pittman. So we're starting to get some guys back. So the bye came at a good time in terms of the health of this team with the big stretch coming up that Jason alluded to in the bye week podcast where we have the Lions this week, which of course we're going to get into today in the Lions game preview. But then we have a tough stretch for the rest of November. We're going to have the Ravens, the Titans, the Packers and the Titans again. It's going to be a tough stretch, including a Thursday night game on the road against the AFC South leading Tennessee Titans, who we're chasing at this point for the AFC South divisional crown. Guys, before we get into the Colts-Lions game preview, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Jason, how was the bye week for you? As you know, you did the podcast solo. It was fantastic. And now we head into this second half. Yeah, man. I was just uh, really worried about you, brother. I was hoping you were going to be okay because you were definitely feeling it a couple of those days. But uh, glad to fill in. Definitely not as good as you, but I did the best I could. As far as the week itself, pretty uneventful. You know, I, I just really, as far as, as the season goes, I kind of went back and just looked at some stuff and thought, uh, some stats and whatnot on what the Colts can get better at and went over in my head like where I thought maybe we can improve the team. We're still lacking a defensive end presence that can consistently get to the quarterback. I think Houston's been okay, but the other side hasn't really getting much push from, much pressure from. So I was kind of looking at trade, maybe guys that we could trade for, which there's not a lot out there. I thought maybe Ryan Kerrigan, but the Redskins want too much. So Ture is really – Ture and Lewis, to me, that's a huge point in the second half of the season for me, that second pass rusher. If Ture can come back – and, and I don't feel great about this, but if he can come back and be the guy he was before the injury and get to the quarterback and pressure the quarterback, then that, that problem obviously will resolve itself. But I don't feel real great about Ture and his ability to play at a high level coming off this injury just based on the amount of time he's been gone and how quickly he's going to have to get into football shape. I, I think the real wild card on our defensive line is is Tyquan Lewis. Uh, I thought he played extremely well against Cincinnati. So really for me over the bye week, I just went back and kind of looked at you know, what we struggled with, what we need to get at, and just looked at the things that we really, really need to improve going down the stretch because obviously our, our schedule gets much, much more difficult in the second half. 
It does. And everybody will say it starts next week against the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that's a fair point. I think you can make that case for sure. But we do have a Lions team who's 3-1 and one over the last four weeks. They come into this game at 3-3. Three and three. They're coming off a one-point win in a crazy game against the Atlanta Falcons where the Falcons are trying not to score under a minute to go. The Lions are basically dragging Gurley into the end zone. They're signaling touchdown. The Falcons are signaling down inside the one-yard line, so a little bit of a roll reversal there as the Falcons just continue to find ways to lose these games. They blew two 16-point leads in the fourth quarter earlier in the season, then they find a way to lose to the Lions where they're dragging guys into the end zone for the opposing team so they could get the ball back and score a game-winning touchdown, which they did. And it kind of reminded me when we played the Lions back in 2012 and we had the Avery walk-off touchdown Lux rookie season. They had a walk-off touchdown with no time left on the clock to improve to 3-3. Three and three. Colts coming in off the bye at 4-2. and two. Big win against a lesser opponent, but I'm still going to call it a big win because we're playing a Bengals team who has a 21-point lead on us our last time out. We come all the way back against all odds. I don't care who you're playing. You're down 21 points. Not easy to come back from. That's why it's the largest comeback at home in Colts franchise history in the regular season. So when you look at that, that's a big win in my opinion. So we're coming off that win. The Detroit Lions are coming off their interesting final minute game against the Atlanta Falcons. And let's start off on the offensive side of the football for the Detroit Lions. They're 15th in points per game. They're averaging 26 points per game. And they're led by quarterback Matt Stafford, who's up over 1,500 passing yards on the season with a 62.3% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns to four picks. He missed a bunch of the season last year. It's really the only time in his career he missed any time. The Lions clearly missed him. He's back this year, and they're sitting at 500, winning three out of their last four games. Yeah, and Stafford, I think, is probably going to be the best quarterback we've faced. He's got a strong arm. He's seen everything. He stands in the pocket, can make all the throws. It's going to be a test for our defense and a test that, I, I, I think we'll pass, but we got to see, you know, how, how things shake out. But as far as the Detroit offense goes, they've, they've got some playmakers. You look at wide receiver Kenny Galladay. He's one of the best receivers in the game right now. Might be on the trading block. Not sure. Uh, we've heard rumors about the Giants, which makes no sense. But, you know, I digress. 20 receptions, 338 yards, 16.9 yards per catch, two touchdowns. Then they've got a young kid out of Georgia who I liked a lot coming out. Running back DeAndre Swift, 185 yards. That's 5.3 yards per carry, four touchdowns. And then in the passing game, he's been big too. 20 receptions, 152 yards, and a touchdown. And then finally, tight end TJ Hawkinson, who we all remember coming out of Iowa, was highly rated. 22 receptions, 256 yards, four touchdowns, 11.6 yards per catch. So they've got some big-time big, big time players on offense. They don't start Swift at running back. They start Peterson, which I kind of don't understand. Peterson's definitely got the bulk of the carries and has the, is leading the, the lines and rushing. But he's had a ton more carries, and he's under four yards a carry. So I don't really get that, but, hey, whatever. That's on their coaching staff, and it's not our problem. As far as the rest of their team goes, they got a solid offensive line led, led by center Frank Ragnow. And uh, I think it's going to be a great test for Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner this week because Ragnall to me has been the second, first or second best center in the game. He's been extremely consistent, very, very talented guy. And their offensive line as a whole is the strength of their offense. So they've got some players on the line. Taylor Decker's another guy, tackle that I like. 
Uh, and then you look outside, you've got Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. So they've got receivers. They, they've got a solid offensive line to give Stafford protection, and uh, they've got players all over the field. So it's going to be a test for the Colts' defense, and, and, and it's going to be an interesting game. Yep, and now let's take a look at the Colts' keys to the game defensively. Key number one, control Galloway and limit the big plays. We struggle with this the last couple weeks because we were doing great at limiting big plays for the first half of the season. We gave up some big plays to Cleveland, which you kind of expect you're going up against a high-powered offense who was scoring 30 points week in and week out. But then last week against a Bengals offense who came into our game without many big plays on the season, we gave up way too many big plays in the first half of that game. So you have to control Galloway, who's capable of those big plays, and all in all, shut down the big plays. Don't let them happen. Yeah, Galladay is a guy that averages 17 yards per catch, and he's a big-time player. He makes big, big plays for them, explosive plays. So that's somebody that we're going to have to control. Definitely can't let him get deep because that will change the game. Those type of plays change the game, as we saw in our game with, with the Bengals. Marcus Johnson completely flipped the momentum of that game with a big play. So – Control Galladay, limit big plays. Hawkins is another guy down the middle. You got to control him. You can't, you can't give up big plays to this team. Stafford's got the arm to make all the throws, so you got to be really, really tight in coverage. Uh, Marvin Jones, another guy, can make big plays, is and has had a lot of success in the past against Xavier Rhodes. So the Colts have to come ready to play because they're playing a quarterback that can make all the throws, and you want to limit those plays. You want to limit big plays because you you want to. The more you can make them go the long the long field, the long route, make them have 10-play drives, 15-play drives, the more likely it is they're going to make a mistake and a penalty turn the ball over. So definitely controlling Galladay and limiting their big plays is, is, is step number one to stopping the Lions offense. Key number two, start fast and get off the field. The last few weeks before the bye, the Colts struggled early in ball games. You look at the Browns game, we gave up a majority of the points, a majority of the yards. In the first half, got a couple turnovers off Baker, a couple picks in the second half, held them out of the end zone. Then the last game we played against the Bengals, offensively, defensively, I mean, we just got off to the slowest start possible, down 21 zip. Can't happen. The defense has been great in the second half, but they have to put an emphasis on starting fast in this game and don't let a team come out the gates and get off to a fast start against you, start fast. Absolutely, and this is a key for both our offense and our defense. So we're, we'll be hearing this key again when we go over the, the Colts offense. But for now, yeah, the Colts defense has been, you know, really struggled out the gate the last two games. So starting fast and getting off the field is really a key to getting a, a fast start overall as a team. And I think they can do that. Hopefully we get Darius back this week. That's a big, big difference maker in our defense, and it'll make it easier for us to play the defense we want to play. But in the last two weeks, man, we just have not started well and really struggled to get off the field on third down. So for, for this week, that's definitely a key to this game, starting fast, getting off the field on third down, no, no self-inflicted wounds, and really just good execution out the gate. Just execute your defense and, and make no mental mistakes. That's really the key. A lot of those issues we had in those first two games especially the Cleveland game, was execution issues. So uh, they really need to clean that up. So starting fast, get off the field, definitely a key to this game. And key number three, play smart and consistent for 60 minutes. The consistency goes into that first half. If they get off to a fast start, I'm pretty confident, Jason, that they'll have a full 60-minute game because they've been so good in the second halves and Flus has been able to scheme it up and he's been able to make adjustments at halftime. So I think... 
the fast start will lead to the consistency, but you got to play smart. You got to play 60 minutes without a doubt to beat the Lions, who are coming into this game again, 3-1 and one over the last four games. Yeah, and they're playing with a lot of confidence, the Lions. So, yeah, you got you got to play smart. No, no picking up players and throwing them on the ground. No late hits. No dumb penalties. You know, just, just smart football for 60 minutes. Consistent. Execute your job. Do what you're supposed to do. No mental mistakes for 60 minutes. That's what the Colts need to do. They were doing that earlier in the year, got away from it the last two games. If this team can come out and be consistent for 60 minutes, then they should win this game. It's as simple as that. Yep, and let's flip over now to the Detroit Lions defense, 20th in points per game, giving up 27.5, so just about four touchdowns per game. And they have some playmakers as well on this side of the ball. And we're going to highlight defensive rookie, third overall pick. So we already saw the first overall pick of the 2020 draft. Now we get a look in our next game against the third overall pick in Jeff Acuna. 30 tackles, pair of tackles for loss, a couple passes defended, and a pick against Kyler Murray. I think that was week two or week three when they beat the Cardinals. I think it was week three. They were 0-2. They beat the Cardinals. They lost, and then they won back-to-back games. Had a pick against Kyler Murray in a game where Kyler Murray threw three interceptions in that game against the Lions. So they were creating turnovers in that game as we'll get our first look at the corner out of Ohio State in this week four matchup. Yeah, and I don't think Trufant's playing, so Akuda's going to have more pressure on him this week. And, and he's been solid as a rookie. He's looked really good, made some plays, uh, done, you know, done everything that's been asked of him. He's a very, very solid young player. I think he's going to be a very, very good player for a long time. Definitely one of the more talented corners to come into the league. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be a tough matchup for whoever draws him. As far as their defensive line goes and the pressure, defensive end Romeo Aquora, 15 tackles, five tackles for loss, four sacks, 10 quarterback hits, by far their most statistically productive player. And, and on, you know, on tape, you see it. He makes plays. He's not a starter, but he does play a lot especially in those third downs, and he really gets pressure on the quarterback. So that's a guy we're going to have to count for, definitely a talented player. Then you've got defensive end Trey Flowers, who we know from New England, 19 tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, three quarterback hits, and two forced fumbles. Then you've got strong safety, Deron Harmon, 23 tackles, two INTs, four passes defended. So they've got players. And then some of the guys that maybe go under the radar is a guy like Tracy Walker, Free safety for them makes a lot of plays. Their, their safeties make most of their tackles, which tells me that they haven't been great in the run game. They have been better in the last two games, but in the first four games they got destroyed in the run game. So I think this is a game where both our you know our run game and our pass game can be effective because this team has struggled both with passing and rushing. And if our offensive line can come out and really do what they do, Jonathan Taylor's vision's been better. Patience has been better. I expect him to have a good game. But they've got – I mean, Jamie Collins from from New England, they, they've got some solid players on that side of the ball. They're stout in certain areas. So um, it's going to be an interesting matchup for the Colts, as all these games are, because you just don't know what you're going to get. But I do think the Colts' offense has some advantages in this game, both throwing and, and running the ball. So definitely going to be a key to be balanced, and I think we're about to get into that right now. 
Yep, as we transition now into the Colts' offensive keys to the game against this Detroit Lions defense. And key number one is start fast. But Jason, I want to add to this, not only start fast, but keep it going consistently throughout the course of the game. Because last week, or the week before the bye, I should say, against the Bengals, we got off to the slowest start possible, down 21 zip. And then we bounced back and we had a great game offensively. But every game we've started fast offensively this year, we have completely sizzled out in our first six games we've scored an opening drive touchdown four times in those four games we don't score again the rest of the game against the Vikings we don't score our first drive we score twice the rest of the game against the Bengals we don't score our first couple drives we score four offensive touchdowns in that game so as important as the fast start is and it will most definitely be important after you score that first drive or get off to a fast start, keep it going. Don't bury yourself. Frank Reich seems to get super comfortable or super whatever. You can't get comfortable just because you score on your opening drive. There was something too falling down big against the Bengals that made him open up the playbook and throw the ball over the middle. And he seemed to put more confidence in Rivers. And he put Rivers in great positions to succeed when his back was against the wall. So you don't want to fall down 21 zip or anything like that again. But in addition to starting fast, you want to keep it going and have some type of momentum and some type of rhythm beyond that first drive that could last you 60 minutes. A hundred percent. I mean, along with starting fast, you want that consistency for the entire game. And the Colts really need to show that they haven't shown it this year. They've either started fast and kind of fizzled out or started slow and then, you know, picked it up. They really it's 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 about playing 60 minutes. It's the same issue for the defense. But I think it's even been a bigger issue for the offense in the last two games. Just just an example of what we're talking about. We got down 27 to 10 to the Browns, and in the last game against the Bengals, 21 nothing. That that can't happen this week because the 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 Lions are going to score points. I don't know how many, but we cannot fall behind by that many points and have a chance to win. So we have to start fast on both sides of the ball, but it's imperative to start fast on the offensive side of the ball because if you fall behind teams that can score, it's a lot more difficult to come back. And we just don't have an offense really that's built for that. So we've got to come out, play well early and then just continue to play well throughout the game, keep putting points on the board. Right can't take quarters off or halves off. He's got to really be in the, you know, be on that play call sheet and, and prepared for whatever's coming next and adjust on the fly. I don't think he's done a, a very good job in the first half of this season in adjusting on the fly to what other teams are doing. And, and subsequently, the Colts have gone into period-long scoring droughts or half-long scoring droughts where they're not doing anything. And you can't do that in the second half of the season. we got to keep the foot on the gas. So Luke's 100% on point. This isn't just a start fast thing. This is a start fast thing and keep the foot on the gas thing. Yeah, and also when you compare the Colts' offense and defense, the last couple weeks, both units inconsistent. But we have seen the defense put full performances together. We saw it against the Jets minus one drive. But that's going to happen. You're going to give up a touchdown drive. They also bounce back or they sandwich that touchdown drive between two pick sixes from the defense. So when you look at what this Colts defense has been able to do this year, they had a complete game against the Vikings. They had a complete game against the Jets. They had a complete game against the Bears, where you gave up a prevent defensive touchdown at the end to the Bears and a prevent defensive touchdown at the end of the game to the Vikings. But primarily, we have been complete defensively in those performances. So we had three complete games defensively offensively we really haven't had that by far hands down our best offensive performance was that game we just played against the Bengals and you couldn't have gotten off to a slower start 
and nine out of 10 times you lose that game. And if it's not the Bengals, could be 10 out of 10 times if you're playing a playoff team. If you fall down 21 zip to a team that wins 10 games and goes to the playoffs, you're probably not going to be able to come back and beat them. It's just, you know, the way it is. You don't see the Chiefs and the Steelers and the Packers and teams like that blowing many 21-point leads. Key number two, run the ball, but stay balanced. Stay balanced offensively so you don't abandon the pass to run the ball, but keep a nice balance and don't give up the run against the Lions. Definitely. I feel like we can run the ball against this team, and I really think we can do whatever we want, honestly. I think if, if Reich really calls this game well, I think the Lions, if you look at who they've played and the way their defense has played against solid teams, it has not been well. So I think we're going to be able to open the offense up. I think Taylor's going to have a big game. And I, I just think you can't get away from one or the other. By that, I mean – if you're running the ball well, don't just completely abandon the pass. And if you're passing the ball well, don't completely abandon the run. Sometimes I think Reich does this, and it makes it harder on himself when doing the thing that keeps us balanced would make it easier. So definitely balance, whether that's running to pass or passing to run. We've just got to be balanced. We're, we're a much better team when we can establish the run and you know do what we want to do in the, in the passing game and don't put it all on river. So we just really have to be balanced 60-40 one way or the other is probably what we're looking at. I'm fine with that, um, and I think that's a winning combination. But we just we cannot get away. Like, I go back to the Jacksonville game. We, we just abandoned the run in that game. I have no idea why. You know, and then there's other games where, where we're just, we just don't know what we're doing. We're running that, that stupid Naeem Hines dive play, which is a throwaway play on second down. Like, Throw that out the playbook. Let's let's just run what what, what works, what we what you think is going to be the best play, and let's roll with that. Let's not be predictable in what we're doing. Let's mix it up. Let's let's do some different things. Let's not you know get sucked into running that stupid play over and over again. Let's let's stay away from that and run what works. So, you know, run the ball, but stay balanced. That's the key, really, to this offense. I think being as good as it can be. Run the ball, stop the run. <laughs> And key number three, create some explosive plays, which we finally saw the last time the Colts took the field against the Bengals. And we'd love to see more of those, more explosive plays from this offense. And I think we are on the verge. Jason, we were talking about it off air, I think, yesterday. We're on the verge of seeing Jonathan Taylor bust a couple of big runs. Be nice to see that in this game. We talked about running the ball, key number two. I think that for key number three, those explosive plays, we saw a couple from the passing game last week, including a couple passing plays to Jonathan Taylor, where he was able to turn nothing into something, make a mountain out of a molehill. I think the same thing could be done on the ground because his vision has been improving week by week, and I think he's ready to explode. And then, of course, you got guys like Marcus Johnson, who had a big game last time out. We'll see if we could get him involved again. And then T.Y. has to wake up, and T.Y. needs to be T.Y. T.Y. was, you know, he's not that five-yard-per-catch possession receiver. He was a big play threat at his peak, and we've seen him create separation this year at times and give the Colts opportunities. We need to see that big play out of T.Y. eventually, sooner than later, and he's in a contract year. So eventually we need to see T.Y. not just create separation, not just, you know, he has to eventually catch the ball too and put it all together and have that big play where he takes the top off a of defense because we haven't seen it. And I don't really care where it comes from. I'll name names, but I really don't care where it comes from. We just need to see it. We just need to see the big plays this week against the Lions. Key number three, 
create some big explosive plays offensively. They're going to be there too, Luke. Uh, this defense is definitely not great at anything, really. You can run the ball on them. You can throw the ball on them. They don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback outside Aquara. So uh, I think they're right to be taken deep. I, I think this is definitely a game you, you could see Taylor bust off a 60-yard run. I, I definitely think there's big plays to be had on this defense. They give them up. The, the first four games especially, they, were, they, they, they really, really struggled at everything, stopping the pass and the run. So I think the Colts can take advantage of this defense. I think Rivers is going to have a huge game. I think he's, you know, it's going to be a game where Rivers can really do whatever he wants, kind of like Cincinnati. Because if you don't pressure Phillip Rivers, he will carve you up. So I think he's going to have a big game, and I think there are going to be explosive plays there, whether that be T.Y. Hilton, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines out of the backfield, uh, you know, Michael Pittman or Marcus Johnson, or maybe one of the tight ends. There's going to be – plays that are there and the Colts just have to take advantage of it when they're there like with T.Y. he's had two or three plays this year where if he catches the ball it's a 50-yard touchdown and he's just dropped the ball so Mm -hmm. when those plays are there we got to take them get them and and complete them and uh you know those are huge momentum plays so definitely want to see some explosive plays this week would love to see Taylor break off a long run I think it's a I I think it's going to happen soon and it could very easily be this week against the Lions easily and you know what time it is jason it's time for our for the culture predictions to be honest i can't remember who went first last week but since i already know your pick i might as well let you go first as long as, well as long time listeners know this works one way and there's only one team that i can possibly pick here and we all know who that team is because these are the rules that i've created for myself to help the colts win and that team is the detroit lions i have no real reason for picking the lions other than this rule so I'm just going to say Lions by four. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with the Colts in this game. I think this is a great spot for the Colts, and we know what's at stake over the next couple weeks. So this is a big game. You can't look past the Lions. We had two weeks to prepare for them. We get healthy. We get the heart and soul, the leader of this defense, to plug right back into the middle. And Darius Leonard back this week from that groin injury. So that's going to be a huge addition to this Colts defense, who's done a good job staying afloat without Darius Leonard, but it's clearly not the same defense without Leonard on the field. So to get him back this week, to see him now and Okariki play more snaps together, I think we're going to see less Walker, more Okariki, along with Darius Leonard. And then to see that battery, to see Buckner, Leonard, and Blackman up the middle, I'm excited for that, to get them all healthy at the same time playing now this middle portion of the schedule in the month of November where we really start to put together this playoff push because this stretch is the biggest stretch, the toughest stretch on the Colts schedule. You have a team that's 3-1 and one over their last four. Then you have four consecutive teams that are 5-1. and one. So this is a big stretch, and it starts against Detroit. The Colts know how big this game is, and we have a lot of momentum coming off that Bengals game where you come back from down 21-zip. So I like the Colts in this spot. Coming off the bye, well-rested. Also two weeks to prepare Frank Reich, who I think has a huge coaching mismatch advantage over Matt Patricia in this game. He's 2-0 and over the last two years as a head coach coming off the bye, and the Colts are averaging 29.5 points per game coming off the bye. Great stat from Zach Hicks. The Colt quarterbacks in those two games, which was Luck in 2018, Jacoby in 2019, 611 passing yards, seven touchdowns, 
to one interception. So Frank Wright quarterbacks, Frank Wright game plans, his offenses have been fantastic following a bye week. This will be his third opportunity with his third quarterback who's playing, at least last week, the best football of the season we saw last week against the Bengals. So you have Phillip Rivers coming in confident, this offense coming in confident, and two weeks to prepare, and a huge coaching mismatch. And I know it's shocking, right? Matt Patricia coming off Bill Belichick's coaching tray. It's a shocker, right? A coordinator under Belichick not able to succeed as a head coach. Where have I heard that before? You had Eric Mangini and Josh McDaniels and Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell. And you have all these great coordinators and they just don't seem to pan out. And you have another one here in Matt Patricia. I know it is a shocker. And I've been down on Frank Reich this year. I thought at times he's coached to our weaknesses. I thought at times he's abandoned the pass to run the ball. Or he's abandoned the run to pass the ball. And I've disagreed with a lot of things Frank Reich's done this season. Primarily as a play caller. But do not get it twisted. The Colts have a huge coaching mismatch in this game. And they should win the coaching battle in terms of game planning plus the extra week of preparation, execution, and halftime adjustments. So I love the Colts coaching staff in this matchup. I think that's where we might have the greatest competitive advantage. And I've been down on Reich. But he's 2-0 coming off the bye week in his head coaching career with the Colts. So I put stock into that. I think he's going to have a good game plan. I think he saw things out of Phillip Rivers last week that put faith in him. And I think Rivers now has faith in some of these receivers and the chemistry. We're starting to get down pat. So I think the Colts offense is going to come out clicking. I think we're going to put together a semi-full game. I have to see a full game before I say they're going to go out and play a full game. And then to get Darius Leonard back defensively, like I said, I like the Colts to go out, find a way to win this game. Maybe something like 27-17. I think we win this game by two possessions somewhere around 9-10 points. I think it's a comfortable victory. Maybe a late touchdown for Detroit. A backdoor touchdown against the prevent defense, which we've seen multiple times this season. We saw it against the Vikings. We saw it against the Bears. So maybe something like that. But I think the Colts are going to be in control of this game late. And that's uncharacteristic for the Lions. It seems like every game they play is a one-possession game, kind of like the 2000 and 19 Colts, every game we played last year seemed to be a one-possession game minus a game or two here or there. Same thing with the Lions. They had a 42-21 to 21 loss to the Packers. They got their teeth kicked in by the Green Bay Packers. But other than that, every game they've played has been pretty competitive within seven points. And I think the Colts win this game by a little bit more than that. I think the Colts win this game by, I would say, about 9 or 10 points. So that's my prediction. Colts improve to 5-2, and two, a game we need to win in order to go into the next four games over the course of the month of November with a chance at not only winning the division, but also getting a wild card because there's some teams in there like the Raiders and the Browns. The Browns have already beat us. We'll have a chance to beat the Raiders, but the Browns have already beat us. So you look at the wild card, even with those seven teams, it's not going to be a cakewalk to get into the playoffs. So this is a big win for the Colts with the four teams we have coming up after them, all 
four teams sitting at, or all three teams, one of them we'll see twice in the Titans, sitting at five and one. So you got to get this one, get this under your belt, improve to five and two, and then you're looking good heading into those four games. If you could split them, go two and two, seven and four, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and, and one other interesting note on this game that I that I just saw is Detroit hasn't won a game at home this year, and the Colts have never lost at Detroit. Now, the, granted, that's only two games, but I just thought that was an interesting stat. They haven't lost since they moved to the new stadium. I, think I hope it doesn't change your prediction. I hope it doesn't oh, no, swing. No, no. My prediction, okay. My prediction is absolutely 100% Detroit lines all the way. I mean, that'll never change. Good, 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 but good. But I was just – just just stating that the Colts have played there, I think, in 2004. They, they blew them out on the Thanksgiving game. And then 2012, that incredible comeback win. Uh, and then the Lions haven't won at home, so they don't play very well at home. That's all. Somebody That's all sent me, one of our listeners, I think it was John Rainey, sent me a picture today from this Lions podcast he was listening to, and the guy had the Lions winning 31-17. And I'm thinking the Lions haven't beat anybody by – 14 points all year they when they win games they win by one point because a team stumbles into the end zone or they win on a late last second field goal they don't win games by 14 points if the Colts loses I mean that's an awful prediction of 14 points even you wouldn't go that far Jason you said four <laughs> points right no, no, I'm, listen, the Lions are definitely gonna win but I mean come on 14 let's 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 be real <laughs> all right man we'll be back Sunday night Sunday night to wrap this game up See if the Colts can get to five and two. Five and two would be huge for this team. You get to five and two on the season with that gauntlet coming up for the rest of November. I think this game, somebody pointed it out to me, this game will be in November because I thought November was against the four, five, and one teams, but it's not. It starts against the Lions. This will technically be a November game. So you get this game, first game in November, a five game slate in November. After this, we get Ravens, Titans on a short week. On the road, Thursday night football, Packers, Titans again, Titans twice in three weeks. So that's going to be a tough stretch. That's going to be a stretch. You'll sign up for two and two in that stretch. In my opinion, you sign up for two and two in that stretch. Because you go two and two in that stretch and you win this Lions game and you're already four and two. So you're five and two, seven and two, seven and four. Seven and four, you feel pretty good about making the playoffs. Seven and four, you might not win the division, but seven and four, you feel pretty good, pretty secure. You still have the Texans twice. You still have the Jaguars. You feel pretty good about making the playoffs. So this next five game span over the course of the month of November, I think three and two is key. Starting with a win against the Lions. You got to beat the Lions. Get them out of the way and then find a way to go two and two with at least one win over the Titans in that stretch. If you sweep the Titans and you split the other games and you go three and one, I think we win this division. If you split or if you lose those two games and you sweep the Titans, you still have a pretty good chance because at that point you would be seven and four, but you would sweep the Titans, which means the Titans would have at least three losses plus any other games they lose in there. And they have some tough games coming up as well. So. It's a lot to look forward to, a lot to get into, which we'll get into over the next couple weeks. I think I'm jealous that I wasn't on with you a couple days ago doing the bye week podcast, Jason. But we'll be back Sunday night to wrap it up. Colts, Lions, that's my man Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the For the Culture Podcast.